Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. My brothers, my sisters, it is your man, the Duke, host of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to www.strictlyfortheculture.ca. Strictly for the Culture is one of the hottest brands in sports and entertainment today. Come on. You've seen the t-shirts. You've seen the hoodies on folks like Rodney Mack, the Reverend Ron Hunt, Jeremy Prophet, MLW World Champion Alex Kane, Mr. PWI 500, Jay Bougie, even your man, the Duke, and a lot of other podcasters and influencers. So I'll say once again, www.strictlyfortheculture.ca. Do it for the love. Do it for the respect. Do it for the honor. But most of all, do it strictly for the culture. Hey, you got Lloyd Onawai here at Onawai Wrestling Family, also known as Lofa and L.A. Smooth. And right now you are listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. Brothers and sisters, you can catch Lloyd Anawai, a.k.a. L.A. Smooth, live at the New England Fan Fest. That is Saturday, February 17th at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Warwick, Rhode Island. Check out allaccessentertainment.com for more information or visit New England Fan Fest on Facebook. That's right. To the only show that matters. The queen of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Brothers and sisters. This first episode of Duke Loves Wrestling podcast in 2024, I have a treat for you. Our guest is one of the flag bearers of the world-renowned Anawai'i family. This man is not only a pro wrestler, he's also a trainer. He's also an actor. He's also a husband, a father. He's also a pillar in the community, brothers and sisters. He's also Samoan. Most importantly, he is the son of the legend, Afa. So without further ado, Happy New Year and welcome to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. I know him as L.A. Smooth, but he is Lloyd Anawai'i. How are you, my brother? Hey, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on your show. First of all, the first one of 2024. That's a blessing right there. And uh, thank you for everybody that's going to be hearing this. And, uh, you know, we're just going to put it in there and see what we can come up with, brother. You got that right. You got that right. Listen, it's it's really special to have you on the show because we're living in an interesting time. And, and I mean, you know, I just turned 41 years old back in December. So I've been a wrestling fan God my bless entire you, life. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, been a wrestling fan my entire life. So I grew up watching your family, your father, your uncle, the whole crew here. And it's crazy that in 2024, 
Okay, 41 years from the first time that I saw the wild Samoans. Here we have your nephews, your cousins, your whomever in the bloodline, but even beyond that, all over the wrestling landscape, including in WXW, continuing to make the Anawaii family the strongest dynasty in the history of pro wrestling. Talk to me about that, man. I mean, how does it feel? all these years later to know that the family name is stronger than it's ever been. Brother Duke, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing, man. You know, first of all, I got to thank father God up above for, uh, you know, giving us life and, uh, uh, putting us where we are right now. And second of all, I have to thank my dad and my uncle often Sika, which created all of us in the wrestling industry right now, you know, from my older brother, Samu, which was one of the first ones, as long as, as as well as Tonga Kid, uh, they were actually the first ones as second generation wrestlers that started in the business. And then after that came Yokozuna, Kishi, myself, and then the list goes on. And now we're into third generation, which is such a blessing because not only does everybody know this, but we are truly the biggest, and I mean the biggest, family in pro wrestling right now. I think we're up to maybe 16 right now, and that's including ones that are not with us. But I mean, just it's 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 a blessing, man, and it's 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 great to be you know in the in the wrestling business first of all, and uh, what my dad and my uncle paid not to, you know paid the world not just for us but for so many people in the wrestling industry. You know, the people we trained from Billy Kidman to uh, you know, Gene Snitsky to the twins, which are doing great uh, right now, uh, Lindsay and her sister. I mean, and then we go to Dave Batista. I work personal one-on-one with Dave Batista, and then the list goes on. I'm talking about even before that. I mean, my dad had, uh, you know, had helped Hulk Hogan in the business, Junkyard Dog, Paul Orndorff. Man, it's just so many. And we're definitely all a blessing, you know, to uh you know be part of that well certainly man and 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 i just just listening to you speak the way that you honor your family uh you know a lot of people would want to talk me 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 and certainly this is a conversation with you about you uh so the fact that you have are taking the time to make sure that you pay homage to those that came before you it says a lot about who you are um and, and and that's consistent with what i hear about you you know, everyone that I know that, you know, that knows you, they all talk about the fact that you're a brother that that preaches respect because you lead with respect and you're able to pass that down to others, which is such an important thing there. Talk to me about growing up, though. I mean, at what point did you realize you were part of something special with your family and really that, you know, you folks were unlike most other kids in the neighborhood, so to speak? Yeah, well, I mean, at a younger age, I lived with my mom. You know, my dad was on the road, and uh, but I lived with my mom most of the time. And then when I moved with my dad, uh, you know, it was something that I loved seeing, watching him, him uncle on TV. But it was something that I, I didn't know if I wanted to get in the wrestling business because I also had a uncle on my mom's side that was a police officer, and I got into where I wanted to become a police officer. You know, when I was young. So then uh, after, 
you know, being around, you know, being around and my dad training the guys at a younger, you know, I was young then. I was what, 12, 13. And then finally, um, you know, I just started getting more into more into it. And by 15, I was actually help training my dad's students and, you know, getting into business. And uh, it's been something that uh, has been going on, you know, for what, uh, almost 30, well, actually it's 36 years, going on 37 years I've been in the wrestling business. I started age uh, 15, uh, but ring, in ring, I started in 1987, and uh, it's been quite a journey right now, and it's just, you know, a blessing. Like I said, I keep saying a blessing because it is, because, uh, you know, God has given us so many opportunities, and uh, the thing I like to tell people a lot is I think wrestling saves a lot of people's lives. You know, because I, I could have been at a young age, I could have been out there in the street hanging out, you know, getting in trouble. But, you know, wrestling kept me to where I focused on, you know, wanting to be in the ring, you know, getting myself in shape. My dad always beat me in the head about going to the gym, you know, because I was big and heavy back when I was younger. But he pushed me to get in the gym and, you know, and get my craft and lift the weights and everything. And then after that, I just started, you know, full time in wrestling and uh you know, I, I, I remember that day very clearly when uh, in 1992, where um, my dad and my uncle, I watching my dad and my brother, and then they all went back to WWE, WWF at that time. And uh, they uh, signed as the head shrinkers. And I was there with them all the way. And I'll never forget my dad looked at Chief J. Strongbow, God rest his soul. And, you know, he was in charge at that time. And he said, uh, hey, give my other boy a shot, man. And Chief looked at him and he said, man, all, you, all your damn kids go work. He goes, all right, let me see what I can do. And they put me out there and I did some TV tapings. And after that, him and Sergeant Slaughter loved my, you know, of course, loved me working. And they put me on the road. And at that age, I was not even on contract. I was actually just on the road. Almost like, I want to say almost like full time. You know, I was out there working shows. Uh, you know, I'll never forget I worked first uh, when they first got, uh, went to the Manhattan Center when they first started Raw. I worked at a building, which that was an honor right there as well. So, you know, I've I've done quite a bit. And, I, you know, I just am really blessed and, uh, you know, that I have the opportunity to not only show my talent from what I was taught by my dad and my uncle, but, you know, just to go out there and perform for the people and do what I do best and, and have people respect me at the same time. Talk to me about when you stepped foot in ECW, because, you know, unlike WWF at the time where your, your dad and your uncle, they paved the way in there and, and everybody understands that, you know, this, this is a serious family and, and they're not going to put out anyone in the family who's not ready, so to speak. But you go to ECW and, and you talk about shark infested waters. I mean, young, hungry, willing to do anything and everything they can to stand out because they're not on the level of WWF. Yet there you were, this guy coming from this huge mega family already. How did that go? You know, work, working for Paul E., uh, Paul Heyman, it was great. That was a ECW was a different level. You had to be on a different level of work in that company because uh, what Paul did, and when I was younger, actually, I worked for ECW before Paul took over. So I, I am an original ECW. I'm talking with Todd Gordon had it. 
Uh, you know, I was his top heel back then. But when Paul took over, he took it to a different level, which he took it where it says extreme. That's where he took it. And uh, ECW blew up. And when uh, we got the phone call, I believe my, yeah, my brother and my uh, cousin, Matt, that's actually when we just finished because we re-signed me and uh, Rosie. We, uh, before it was Rosie, we signed with WWE at that time. And then we did two and a half years, I think it was. And then after that, we went uh, into ECW. So uh, it was him and my brother first. And then I came in as the third one. And we did our debut in Allentown, Pennsylvania. That's where we used to live. And uh, we did a, a little uh, program with the Dudleys. <laughs> and um, it, it was great. And then from there, we just started working with the Dudleys, working with Perry Satter and his partner. Uh, and then we, we, we were married basically to the, <laughs> to the gangsters, uh, you know, which, uh, they were awesome to work with, but, um, yeah, you definitely got to be a different, uh, brand to work for ECW. Man, you just, just listening to you tell that history right there brought back so many fond memories because again, I'm, I'm a kid of the early eighties. So I, not only did I grow up with the wild Samoans, I grew up with the Samoan SWAT team. Yes, and, sir. You know, especially, you know, when they were running wild down in Dallas, Texas, because you had a world-class championship wrestling, they were on TV on ESPN. So we could get that every afternoon and what have you. And yes. also, you know, UWF, we got to see that on Sports Channel here in Boston. So I got to watch the the SST. Now, fast forward. You guys were the Samoan gangster party, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. The modern version of the Samoan SWAT team. And you guys were hip. You were of the times as well, which made it really, really cool. So like you said, that feud, not only with the Dudleys and and, and uh, Perry Saturn and, and, and John Cronus, but, but the gangsters, the feud with the gangsters, Bro, that was some of the best stuff of of the time period in terms of uh, you know tag team wrestling, right? It was it, it was great, man. You know, especially working with those guys. You know, because let's put it this way: the gangsters uh, they were like the top. I mean, there there was a lot of tag teams there, but the gangsters were like on the top of the totem pole right there. They were they were the ones that you wanted to work with, besides the Dudleys. Uh, but uh, they were they were awesome to work with. I'll never forget when. Uh, we worked against them one day. I, I believe we were in Reading, PA. And uh, I forget who threw the garbage can in, but the garbage can that came in and just as it he threw it over, uh, <laughs> my cousin Matt turned around and hit him dead in the head, and they got the biggest pop. And then they came in, and that's how we always start our matches, start off hot, you know, right from the beginning, fighting, fighting, fighting. And uh, – it was it was it was it was crazy, man. And uh, I'll never forget we started fighting, and uh, it was me and New Jack, and he took a porcelain lamp, God rest his soul, uh, and he took it off. It flew out of the uh, garbage can, and he hit me in the head with it. And this porcelain lamp just shattered all over the place. And he looks at me, and he's like, "Oh, damn!" And next thing you know, I look at him, and I'm like, huh, "All right, payback." And I'll never forget, after towards the end of the match, we went outside and he hit me with a forearm 
And I hit him so hard with a, with a forearm in back and I actually hit him so hard. And he went through a wall, through the, <laughs> through the wall, fell through it. And then people were going crazy. EC Doug, EC Doug. And next thing you know, I'm sitting there and I'm playing the crowd and he's still in there. And next thing you know, I was like, all right, I'm not going to wait for him to come out. I walked through it and made the hole bigger. And then uh, half of the wall went down. <laughs> and we come out, we start fighting, and next thing you know, we finish the match, and we get in the back, and about 10 minutes later, here comes Paul. Yeah, you dance some hoins and dances. I mean, look at this. You went through a damn wall. Now we can't come back to the building no more. So I'm like, oh, man, we got kicked out of the building <laughs> just for going through the wall. I mean, there's been things worse than that, but that was the last draw in that building, I guess, and uh, I'll never forget it. We got kicked out of that building, and uh, Paul was a little upset, but, you know, it it went over, and then we continued working in other buildings, but uh, I'll never forget that one. That was something that was not special, but it was something I always remember because, you know, to get Paul hot like that, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I love it right there, bro. It's it's interesting because, again, we, we have a lot of uh, modern fans, a lot of people who, you know, have just tuned into pro wrestling within the past say 10, 15 years. So there's so much that they missed, unfortunately. And, and it always boggles my mind when I, when I speak to somebody a little younger or who hasn't been watching wrestling as long. And, you know, we talk about things like that and they don't, they don't even have a point of reference. They don't even know what the hell we're talking about, but it's like, bro, to be, to be, forget about watching it on TV, to be live and see a guy hit another guy so hard that he threw, that he went through a damn wall. That's crazy. Okay. And then you made the the whole bigger by walking through the wall. That's even crazier, bro. But that's what you had to do. <laughs> it was a fight. <laughs> it was necessary, man. You know, uh, you know, a lot of people they were always scared of this. Oh, we don't want to work with Samoans, they're too stiff. But you know, we go out there and we work solid. That's the way we were trained. That's the way we work. You know, I mean, you go out there and you put it in, you know, if you if you can't take it, don't be in the business. My dad always said that, you know, and uh, I was always to that. And all of us, you know, you would never get somebody that said that, uh, oh, Simone's messed up. You know, we may mess up something up, but uh, we would always make up for it. But uh, as I'm glad you said about the, the new generation. I mean, as WWE went into the new era, you know, I was glad to be part of that when it first started. But nowadays, love the business, love the wrestling, but it's definitely did a complete 360 and, and what I mean by that is you know the way the wrestling is right now you got all these guys going out there and majority of a lot of them are getting hurt more than they did years ago because they're out there doing all this high flying and stuff I know they want to get a good pop out of the crowd but I mean a lot of that stuff is unnecessary and I know I, I wouldn't do it I mean I've done some crazy stuff in my career you know on the matches but there's a lot of that stuff that, uh, you know, there's no storytelling anymore. There's no psychology. There's very little of it. And that's something that I got pounded in the head. And we all did from my dad and my uncle, especially my dad, psychology of the wrestling business. Because believe it or not, 85, 90% of the business is psychology. So, you know, you got to go out there and know how to, you know, put a match on and make sure the people understand and follow it. You know, if you can't do that, they'll get lost, even though nowadays they don't care because they just want to see somebody dive off the top rope or, you know, something like that. And 
I'm I'm not a fan of it. You know, I know they got to do what they got to do, you know, but me, I'm more into making sure, well, if you're going to jump off the top rope, makes sense. Why are you jumping off the top rope? You follow me? And um, I'm just, you know, it's got to be logic. And that's something that I, I pound on a lot of people's heads, you know, students and a lot of other people that have been in the business. And, you know, I don't try to tell them what to do, but I try to help them out in that way to make their matches a lot better. And, uh, you know, I've been, you know, work talking in, uh, with WWE and trying to go back as a producer. And, uh, you know, that's something that I would love to do to give my knowledge to some of the talent that's there now, uh, which, you know, they're big stars right now. But, you know, the, they don't have the years that I have. And, uh, you know, to know what I know from years ago and now, I would love to just put a little twist in some of those matches to make it make sense and, and get the people more interested in what they are right now. You know, I, I'm I'm just completely on the same page with you, um, and it's funny because we have a lot of the younger indie wrestlers on the show. In, in addition to legends and and folks who you know time may have forgotten, and we we bring them on here to remind people, hey, we're here today because these folks paved the way. We get a lot of kids fresh out of wrestling school or just a couple of years in the business, and and I had one in particular that said to me. You know, Duke, I, I I have to do a dive in order to get a reaction from the crowd. And I remember saying to them, listen, if you feel like you have to do a dive in order to get a reaction, then you need to go back to wrestling school because <laughs> there is nothing better than a heel eye gouging or choking or, or, you know, a, 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 a thumb to the throat or something like that behind the referee's back. There's, there's nothing better than a heel doing something so dastardly behind the referee's back and then, and then having that little snarl on their face like they just got away with something. I said, the crowd is going to react to you doing something that simple and most importantly, that safe than you doing the 15th dive on the card and damn near breaking your neck or literally breaking your neck in the process of doing it. So I'm glad that a guy like yourself, with the training that you had and, and the training that you provide to others who have gone on and are making money in the business, I'm glad that you just said what you said there because 110% as a fan, I don't want to see a, a bunch of flippy-dippy peanut butter skippy. I would much rather see the stuff that you and those that came before you and those that you've trained do. That's my pro wrestling. That's my wrestling right there. Absolutely. And it's called wrestling for sure. And, uh, you know, it's just like you said, a heel, I gouge this and that, but a great baby face. And, you know, I tell a lot of guys, I said, just as an example, I said, the best person I can tell you to watch right now that you, everybody is familiar with that, you know, that would be in this era or a little bit earlier in our year is Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels would sell. You could, take him and slam him or do something and he would sell it and sell it and and made the people believe in what he was doing and that's what a good baby face is you know and i try to tell you guys and see you know a lot of them they go over there and they take a punch and next thing you know they're they're turning around and they're superman okay you can be that way but you know in order to paint that story to the people and have that little sympathy there's no sympathy in, in, in selling no more Unless you're in a big angle and then the people see it and they, 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 they're into it. Like, you know, I, I love the one that they did with, uh, 
Ray Mysterio and his son. You know, I love that. And of course, the whole thing with our family, that to me was 100%. I haven't seen a storyline like that in a long time. And that's what they need. They need to bring those storylines back. So the people, and you see how 2023 was a big year for WWE. Because that storyline and other storylines they're bringing in little by little, they're, they're somebody back there, whoever's doing this, uh, which, you know, it's, I, I know for a fact, I know a lot of them are old timers there, but, you know, and all the work that my cousins and my nephews put in, they put that all together. And I mean, it's just exploded. And that's something that, you know, you want to do and create for the people. So they, they keep coming out. And right now, like I said, 2023 was crazy for WWE. And I'm just excited to see what 2024 has got coming and what they got planned. But then again, like I said, those those guys, some of them need some help. And I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you straight like it is. A lot of them need some help because, uh, you know, they wonder why they're not getting over as much is because look what you're doing. I mean – you got to make yourself, you got to, you got to do something to get yourself over. And sometimes you got to sit back and reevaluate everything and say, okay, what am I doing wrong here? Even though the office puts the brakes on you, but what you can do out there as you and your craft and also your charisma and charisma has a lot to do with it. If you can get that down, you don't have to do much to get over with the people. As long as they, you know, they see that charisma and, and, and what you're doing. I mean, you can get yourself over. Well said. Well said, and you're absolutely right. And and what's interesting is that there's no easy way out of it. You gotta actually do the things that have worked in wrestling throughout history. You know, in, in a lot of ways, it's a very basic formula: good versus evil, bad versus good. Somebody has to sell and work from behind. Somebody has to look like that they're the most unstoppable thing, and then at the right time. Good prevails. It's simple storytelling. It's simple storytelling, right? And and as we see, even in like you said, when you brought up your your cousins in the bloodline, that whole family feud thing, and and now we're we're transitioning into another uh, dimension of that because the Rock just said something about sitting at the head of the table, <laughs> and we know Roman is the head of the table, so now we got a whole another year of people being just completely glued to the TV, wondering what's going to happen in this family feud and, and who are we going to back on that? Right. Yes. Basic. That's, basic storytelling. That's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and when, it, and when it works, it's something that we can relate to. And that's, that's so uh, beautiful. Tell me something uh, smooth. It's not always the easiest to follow. In fact, I, I had to go online and, and look at, the family tree in order to understand how everyone is connected. And I know it might take you forever to go through the whole joint there, but, but as briefly as you can, for those that people are the most familiar with today. So we got the Usos and Roman and even, you know, Tamina and, and Naya and, and these folks, who are they to you in the, in the family tree? All right. Well, I'll break the whole thing down as quick as I can. Uh, of course, you got High Chief Peter Maguire, and then you got my dad and my uncle, okay? Uh, from my dad, it's just three of us. There's my older brother, Samu, which was one of the head strippers. 
And then you got myself. And then you have my younger brother, Austin Jr., which was Manu when he was in Legacy in WWE. Okay, from my Uncle Sika, you have Rosie, and which has passed away, and then you got Roman. So those are his two. Now, to break it down from Rikishi, you have my auntie, which his mom is related to my dad and my uncle, and then it's Rikishi, Tonga Kid, Umaga, and they had another brother that used to wrestle for a little while, but he's not in it anymore. And then under Rikishi, you have the Usos. Then you have uh, Solo. And he's got another son that's actually starting a business, uh, which is uh, Tomiko. So therefore, he's got them all going. And then with Tonga Kid, which is Rikishi's brother, you have Jacob Fatu and Journey Fatu which is working a lot in California and doing a lot of death matches and all that. And then from my uncle, which is another uncle, uh, you have Yoko. And then I have another uncle, which has, uh, which we have where Reno, uh, the Black Pearl comes in. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's lineage, there's lineage there. And there's, uh, you know, that's from us. And then you have Tamina, which is Jimmy Snuka's daughter. And Jimmy Snooker is related to us through marriage. So that makes her, you know, part of our family. And then you got The Rock, of course, with his grandfather, Peter Mardia. And then you have Nia Jax, which she is part of Uncle Peter Mardia's family. So she, she is our family. So all that talent right there is all blood and you know just <laughs> there's so many of us and i and i got even my my nephew for my my brother samu lance on hawaii uh so there's there's quite a bit of them and this i think we're we're gonna have to see more and more third generation wrestlers right now so uh i don't see it stopping anytime soon bro that is just amazing and 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 again legitimately the greatest dynasty in the history of pro wrestling because what other family has had that many people have such a strong impact on the wrestling industry? I mean, legitimately in all the major promotions going all the way back to the, to the seventies, <laughs> you know, to today and legitimately have worked on top everywhere. You know, uh, they've had gold everywhere. They've uh, been infused with the, with the top folks, yourself included. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to hear that that family lineage and, and history there and understand that there's no stopping it. It's it's going to continue to grow. You've done something interesting. You, you, you took a step back and you decided to dedicate your time to teaching the next generations, you know, not just family, but anyone who wants to learn and, and also doing some promoting as well. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about the transition from being a, a active wrestler who's focused on, you know, getting himself and his opponent over to really focusing on training others and helping them achieve their goals. Well, yeah, because all right, let's let's face it, we're all not going to be in the wrestling business forever. But what we can do, and what I'd love to do, is take that knowledge that I know and that I learned. And, and, and help these other students that we have, or not even just students, but other people in the wrestling business, whatever I can do, I would love to help them because, you know, to help them progress in their wrestling uh, future and 
what they're doing right now, you know, for those that are in the business or those that are just training, it's great to help them now. That way they understand it because a lot of them, you go to a lot of wrestling schools and it'll train you. And then before you know it, you'll have your first match and then that's it. You're on your own. Now, if you're going to come to us and we're going to train you, yeah, we're going to put you out there and give you first match, but you're always going to be part of the training center or the training school to help you progress and get better and better. And that's something that I cherish and I love to do is to help other people succeed in the professional wrestling business as they pertain, you know, they, they got in, you know, they, they got training and they did all this stuff. So why not help them? Why not help them try to get better to do, you know, their craft in, in, the, in the business and in the ring, then, you know, then just let them go and not do nothing. Cause there's a lot of schools out there that'll do that. You know what I mean? And I, I'm just speaking straight from the heart, you know, but the schools that we have pro wrestling, California, then you got, then you got, a. Uh, my dad's school, which is not up and going right now, but uh, and then you also got my brother's school, uh, my younger brother, Alpha uh, Junior, he's got BPW out in Pennsylvania, and you know, he's training students. So, all that knowledge that we have, we try to give to everybody, but uh, you know, it's something that I love, it is a passion for me to do that, and that's why I said uh, I look forward to hoping, hopefully, working one of the uh, back with WWE or even. Uh, NWA or AEW to uh, show my knowledge as a producer to help them, and that's something that I cherish. You know, it's interesting that you say that. Um, certainly, <laughs> in 2024, every promotion could use someone with your understanding of the history of wrestling, not only from growing up in it and seeing it in the family, but also living it at a high level for years. And also, you know, working the indies and navigating that, promoting on the indies, training people. Certainly, you have just about all it takes. You should be somebody working behind the scenes and, and helping to develop folks in these major promotions. So we do have less people getting injured and, and taken advantage of and what have you out there. That's that's a great point. So. For for all of our listeners who are in the WWE, AEW, Impact, you name it, uh, hey, you know, Lloyd Anawai, L.A. Smooth, he's open for business. So, so oh, yeah. I want to hear you folks reaching out to this man and, and, and make something happen because you need it. There's no question about it. You definitely need somebody with this type of experience and who's still connected to the current generation, most importantly. We were talking offline about this, but I am very impressed with what you and your family were able to do with Lindsay and Laurie, who go by uh, Miami Sweet Heat in uh, in Wild Women of Wrestling, which is legitimately the number two promotion in North America. A lot of folks don't realize this. Wow is generating millions and millions of dollars with that CBS contract, and they have 100 oh, yeah. percent penetration out there on television. So, so no matter if you just have rabbit ears, you have cable, satellite, streaming, whatever, you can get WOW every single solitary week and follow along easily. So the fact that you folks were able to take these young ladies who had no wrestling experience, they were just athletes as, as kids and what have you here, and they work in the medical field, they've been on the show, wonderful ladies. You were able to train them up and get them in the right mindset, and now they, they are Former wild tag team champions, probably going to be tag team champions again. 
And that's that's today. That's now. So if you can do that, just think about what you could do with some of these other kids who are on the cusp of making it to superstardom as well. So I, I believe in you, brother. I think that's a that's a great call out there. And I hope these other promotions take that seriously. I appreciate that, man. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to, you know, hopefully uh, going back to work for one of them because uh, I definitely have I still have it in the brain and still, you know, focused on uh, doing that. So, uh, yeah, if any of you companies, uh, you know, still waiting on WWE, uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. But Hey, I'm up to, to, I'm wide open to any company, you know, so if they're interested in, uh, you know, bringing me on as a producer, helping these, you know, young talent, I'm 100% game, 110% ready to rock and roll. I love that. I love that. And I also got to mention this because we just saw it, the uh, new movie that came out about the Von Eric family, which yes. everyone is talking about. It's, it's gotten rave reviews and, you know, as a as a kid growing up, I got to see that whole era, and and it was just fascinating. It was it was lovely to watch as a kid because they were the ultimate good guys, the Von Ericks, and certainly, like we said, you know, the the Samoan SWAT team that was a that was a tag team, a trio that would take on the Von Ericks and then transition over to taking on the Freebirds and what have you. And and what a time to be alive uh, and seeing that. So it's pretty cool. The the Iron Claw is the name of the movie that uh, recently came out. But what's interesting about this movie is that when I hear it and I think about it, it reminds me of a movie that you actually were in some years back by the name of The Wrestler. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about you being part of The Wrestler. Uh, it, it was great, man. Uh, you know, again, my dad is the one that started that because... Uh, the producer actually talked to my dad and they needed somebody to train the person for that role. And at first it was actually Nicholas Cage. We started, my dad started training and, you know, we'd be in there and he was actually the one they wanted for that. But then he pulled out when they asked him to do uh, national treasure number two. So there went Nicholas Cage and they were like, who can we get? Who can we get? And all of a sudden, Mickey Rourke came in to play. And I think that would probably would have been their best move from the beginning because Mickey Rourke was awesome to work with. He was humble. You know, people say, you know, he had his, you know, he had his skeletons in the closet years ago, but this right here, bring him back to life because he did a hell of a job and it was great working with him. And I trained him a couple of times and, uh, you know, my dad did all the hard work with him, but we all had a little bit to go in there and help him and train him. And he, he pulled it off, man. And it was a great storyline. I mean, the, the the movie was great. You know, for people that understand the wrestling business and how it goes, the, I, I loved it. And nobody thought it was going to get an award for, uh, you know, just being, you know, I would say it started out as a B movie. If if you know, everybody knows what that means, it's, it wasn't an A movie, it was a B movie, but it became an A movie because of the following and the, the storyline and people loved it. So, uh, you know, it was great to work on there and, uh, I would love to see if they do, uh, you know, a number two. Well, Hey, if they do a number two, you got to be part of that too, brother. Oh yeah, for sure, man. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am, uh, you know, I'm feeling great right now, man. I'm ready to rock and roll. Like I'm, I'm recently, you know, I took a couple, 
uh, I want to say maybe about three years. I was still doing signings, but I took about two and a half, three years off because I, I had some uh, medical situations going on with me. You know, I had a renal kidney failure and I was on dialysis for a while. But uh, with the grace of the good Lord above, you know, uh, I was able to get a kidney transplant March 28th of last year, uh, thanks to my wife, because she was actually my perfect match. And I do have a documentary on YouTube about it, you know, explaining, you know, how, you know, everything went, the procedure and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm just blessed right now to be alive. So, I'm, like I said, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm feeling great. Uh, I got my energy level up, lost a lot of weight, and uh, I'm just blessed, man. And so, definitely, uh, you know, any companies out there, uh, I'm good to go. <laughs> wow. That's Man, you bring tears to my eyes now, man, because I, you know, I, I knew what had happened at the time, but I had totally forgotten through our conversation that you went through that. Yeah. My goodness. We almost lost you, brother. Yeah, it was, it was rough. You know, I mean, uh, people, you know, they say, you know, you get on Dallas's and this and that, but uh, it was it was hard. It was super hard. I ain't going to lie to you. I mean, I could take a lot of uh, a lot of pain, but. It was really, if it wasn't for my wife and my son, man, that kept me going, you know, they took care of me. Uh, my wife actually, you know, quit her job at the hospital to stay home and take care of me. Got a home job. And my son, you know, he was doing homeschool. So they were both here for me. And uh, every day, hooked me up to the machine, cleaned my blood out. But it really wore me out. And it was the time where I was ready to give up. And, uh, you know, just the good Lord kept you know, knocking on the top of my head, hey, you, you ain't going to give up. You got to keep going. And, uh, you know, like I said, with the good Lord and my wife and my son and my family, you know, behind me, uh, I just kept going. And before you know it, the good Lord blessed us again with my wife being actually, you know, there's there's a difference between somebody give you a kidney and then, you know, uh, have to be the same blood type. But in this predicament, my wife was my perfect match. And what I mean by perfect match, I'm talking about kidney size, blood, uh, tissue. I mean, everything you couldn't, you couldn't ask for anything more perfect. And even the doctor said they were amazed because one out of a hundred thousand of a husband and wife would be a perfect match like that. So that was a good Lord all the way. And, you know, I, 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 I praise him and thank him every day of my life for putting my wife in my life. And, and just uh, being alive right now. So, you know, definitely truly blessed. Uh, it's an honor to uh, be here on your show to talk to you right now and be able to do things that I'm doing. So uh, I'm 100%, you know, ready to go. That's deep, man. That's deep. You know, it, it reminds me of a conversation we had last year with uh, Alan Roulette of River Horse Photography. I'm sure you know Alan. Um, yes, yes. Alan had a health scare last year that started off as a kidney stone and the stone actually got stuck and cut off circulation, which caused him to be rushed to the hospital and would have you eventually when he got sick enough and, and he almost passed away from that. Then he goes home and he gets an even bigger issue. Eventually he found out that he had a heart issue and he almost passed away from that. But he was able to bounce back. And now, through the grace of God, Alan, he, he's he's been getting uh, photography jobs left and right. In fact, he's been doing a lot of stuff with the NWA most recently. 
So you, you, you talk yeah, I, I believe I saw him at and uh, the taping they had in Sarasota. See, so you, uh, so you yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about there. Uh, but yeah. I bet you didn't know he went through that seeing him there. No, no, for sure. And you know, like you know, I'm, I'm glad that you told me that because uh, next time I see him, it'll be even more of a pleasure to see him, knowing that you know, hey, he made it through a big scare and uh, made it through life, and uh, he kept going, and he's still here with us today. And uh, it's, you know, truly God's work. You know, it's the same thing with my younger brother. He recently had a heart issue. You know, he was in a hospital and, you know, had some heart problems. And uh, right now he's took some time off. He's still running his uh, his promotion, BPW. But with the grace of God, he's doing well right now. And the doctor actually uh, told him he can go back into the ring and start wrestling. So, you know, it's. It's amazing, you know, not trying to change from wrestling, but to, uh, you know, uh, talking about, you know, being spiritual. But it's it's all, you know, a blessing from God, you know, for, you know, us to be able to be here, you know, going through scares. Everybody's going to go through things in their life where they're going to get sick or, you know, hoping they'll get sick. But, you know, things are going to happen. But uh, if you don't keep that faith and continue going, man, uh, you know, the good Lord works. You know, he's there. Prayers work and everything works. So. You know, keep that spirit going and keep that faith with the good Lord because uh, follow his path because the, he's the one that's leading us. Uh, you know, so I, I keep my faith always and keep my, you know, whatever happens in life, it's it's it comes from him. He's he's already got the plans. He's already got it written out. So, you know, right now, you know, I just follow that path. And if things are going to happen, they're going to happen. If they don't, then, you know, you, you got to go to the next step. And that's part of life. And and right now I'm at that point where the Lord has got me going and I feel great. So therefore let's, let's go, man. Let's, let's make it happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I'm, I look at life a little different now or actually a lot different. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just so thrilled that, uh, you know, I can see 2024 and got a lot of things showing up right now. And, and I got some shows coming up, got some signings. And it's supposed to actually be doing a part in a movie. Uh, I'm waiting for that to come through. So, you know, there's the blessings right there. It's already started. I love it. I love it. Listen, man, we're 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 putting people in a in a in a position now where it's like, well, damn, I wanna I wanna get up with, with Lloyd too. So what's the best way that people can get in touch with you and, and connect with you, not only to follow your journey going forward and, and share memories, but most importantly, if, if folks who want to do some business, what's the best way they can reach you? Uh, they can reach me on Facebook. Uh, you know, my name Lloyd on Hawaii. It's going to have uh, to know I'm Lloyd on Hawaii, but I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, uh, which is X. <laughs> you know, I keep saying Twitter, but it's X uh, under uh, the great Alofa uh, Lloyd on Hawaii. And uh, I'm sorry, the great Alofa underscore la smooth and also on instagram as lloyd on hawaii so you can hit me up on all three you can follow me uh if you want to send me a message you want to chat just in wrestling or in life itself hey i'm, I'm my ears are open to anything and uh i always you know love to help anybody if i can you know not just in wrestling but in spiritual and life itself you know whatever i can help and, and help them over that hump i'm here before I let you go, you you know I got to ask the big question here. Your your cousin The Rock has laid down what looks like the gauntlet 
And we've already seen main event Jay. We, we you know, we, we you see Jimmy and and his back and forth solo, who's waiting in the wings, so to speak. But he's 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 less than a step away from being the tribal chief, his own damn self. In your opinion, L.A. Smooth, Lloyd Anawaii, is the tribal chief Roman Reigns your cousin? Is he in trouble? That's that's a that's a hard question, man. If it ever happens. Uh, I hope that, uh, you know, things work out and let's see best man wins. They win this right here. Stiff, man. It's hard. It's uh, that's that's tough. Check out Liquid IV. Listen, it's the holiday season, folks, and you and I both know hydration is paramount. Okay, if you want to get through the shopping, if you want to get through visiting the family and friends, the sports and live events, come on. Got to make sure you stay hydrated. And there's no better way that I know of than liquid IV. Okay, packed with B vitamins and all your other essential vitamins and nutrients there. Tastes great. You just take that hydration stick, you put it in a bottle of water, shake that sucker up and enjoy telling you shop better hydration today in fact if you visit liquidiv.com right now you'll save 20 percent on your entire order by using the promo code duke loves wrestling that's right duke loves wrestling no spaces gonna get you 20 percent off what are you waiting for liquidiv.com enjoy and now let's get on with the show So next time, be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. (laughs) 